reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but, of course, always follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, Double H, the Husky heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and a man who's fresh off his internship at the North Pole, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well after I unloaded my sack of goodies. You know, we're, we're here. We had a, I had a great Christmas. I hope you did too, brother. And, uh, glad to be back on the airwaves. Yeah. I mean, Christmas was, I mean, it was different this year, obviously with no traveling, no family and stuff. But one thing that like, I don't, you can probably relate to this a little bit too, when you're older and you have kids and for me being married, like it's just, it's travel, it's stress, it's scheduling. It's when everyone get together. I feel like all that was just kind of stripped away. And it was seriously just like a nice, relaxing day at home with my family, watching sports all day. Uh, we got really good wine. Lily got a bunch of presents. Me and Rachel got new phones. That was kind of like our present to each other. Yeah, man, it was, it was I, I, I really enjoyed it. I know like it's not the normal and, you know, next year we'll hopefully be getting back to what we were. But it was just nice to have a nice, quiet, relaxing day at home. I know me and you talked a lot and it was it was it was cool, man. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, and then having that, you know, the pressure taken off, you know, like you said, hell, I just sat around and watched, watched football, watched sports, and basketball. There's five games. So I was uh, a couch potato all day pretty much. And I know a couple people were mentioned to me. They noticed I was quiet on social media or whatever. I uh, My grandmother passed away last week a couple days before thanks like the day after we got done recording i believe i found out on wednesday uh from covid just she was 90 years old and you know i just want to say rest in peace my grandma uh, i love you and hope we're down here making you proud and i'll do right by you so i love you miss you i want to dedicate this show to her so and also there was um, a couple big losses in the wrestling world we're going to touch on before we get started um really sad unexpected the wrestling world lost uh brody lee last week he was 41 years old um it was unexpected no one really knew what was going on it just kind of came out of nowhere and it just my heart hurts for his family my heart hurts for everybody in professional wrestling that was touched by him and i think that you can see all the stories on Social media has been really great. Of I know guys like Big E and Cesaro and different people have come out and told just like various tons of stories. Austin Creed, just tons of stories about uh, what it was like to be friends with that guy. And just you know, I you can you can sense the pain in those tweets of the the loss they have. And it's just it's it's really sad. Former Luke Harper at WWE, uh, then Brody Lee in AEW. I felt like it was just about to get his start. He was just about to take off, get the recognition he was deserved. We've talked on the show many times about how we thought how talented he was and how underutilized and how much potential was there. And it's just it was a it was a really, really sad thing to find out. Yeah, and me and Sammy Evans, um, we were talking about it and you know, I mentioned to him to see uh Bray Wyatt's post was fucking heart wrenching. You know what I mean? If that didn't tug on your heartstrings like in life you're lucky to you know find one friend like that you know what i mean and uh that was his it it seemed like to me and that was you know like i said that was just heart-wrenching to read yeah and i know that cm punk and mick foley 100 percent of their proceeds from pro wrestling teams for next month will go to his family which is fantastic and it's just i know that aw dynamite's gonna be uh man that's gonna be a tough one to watch that's i feel you know i feel like we're such big fans and we watch these guys every guys and girls every week and you know we 
have a, you know, kind of a personal investment whether we like it or not. And it's just, it's sad. And then as a, you know, as a dad, as a husband, and Barry, you as a father, you know, he had young kids. And that's just something that, you know, as as a human gets me thinking about like how sad that is for his kids. And I wouldn't want that to be my kid and not to get too deep, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking. So rest in power, brother, you know, um, I know you left a lasting legacy and I feel like your, um, your influence will be felt for a really, really, really long time. Speaking of influences in professional wrestling, Barry, I'm going to go ahead and let you run with this one a little bit. Um, the wrestling world lost Danny Hodge. You hear you hear his name mentioned every week on uh, Grilling Jr. That's Jer- Jim Ross's boyhood hero, uh, amateur wrestler out of Oklahoma. Some of the stories of just grip strength alone are just legendary. And Barry, I'm gonna go ahead and let you touch on that for a moment. Well, hell, it ain't just that. It's you know he was uh, an Olympian, uh, a Golden Gloves champion. Bo- you know he was a boxer. Um, that undefeated uh, you know and all this i think there was never gave up like a point there was just crazy the myth myth mythology myth mythical status on just how badass danny hodge was uh i think jr always says he was kurt angle before kurt angle uh the dude um what was it broke like was in a car crash uh, broke his neck, climbed out of the car, held his neck in place, and walked for help. Uh, just absolutely insane. Um, the a true pioneer uh, in wrestling. Uh, ter- a terrible loss. The dude, he he lived a long a long life. He got out. Uh, the young kids, I'm sure, were fascinated. The dude could snap pliers and apples and, you know, into his 80s. Uh, it had double tendons and all that. Uh, just, you know, it was a sad, sad uh, loss. And, I, hell, I think I sent Breaker a Danny Hodge autograph card there one time. So, um, yeah, just another sad. December has been terrible. I mean, was that five? Five yeah, now in December, just been a, geez. been a shitty year, man. Yeah. So and I see um, there's a lot of people being kind of uh, negative on social media regarding certain situations, certain pro wrestlers' feelings towards certain. So just I would advise you that you're not in the business. You didn't have a relationship with the man. Some of these people did. Uh, they lost a friend. They lost a brother. And this might just kind of be the week to just kind of back off that a little bit. Just my opinion. But just, you know. It's not that hard to be kind. With that said, uh, me and Barry are doing a Q&A this week. So we have the normal, you know, just put out a question, see what we can do. Uh, anything pro wrestling, wrestling merch, pro sports, whatever. You know, it's been – so we had a wide variety of questions. We're going to go ahead and get through these, and that will be the show tonight. So, Barry, you ready? I'm ready, brother. I'm going to go ahead and let you go take the first one. This is from Cheeseburger Cavalier at Salon 77. What celebrity involved wrestling moment done the most for wrestling? Mm. Celebrity involved? Mm-hmm. Um, man, you could say uh, Rocky Three having Hogan involved. Oh, that. I like that. I like how you went, like, instead of just putting a celebrity in wrestling, you put, like, a wrestler in kind of a pop culture situation. That That popped. And, you know, um, WrestleMania 14, Mike Tyson as a referee between Austin and Shawn Michaels. And that set, you know, set the attitude air off because at the time Tyson's controversial. He bit Holyfield's ear, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that just set that just on fire. So I would say Hogan being in Rocky Three. And uh, Mike Tyson uh, refing WrestleMania 14. Those are obviously the big ones. And I'm going to throw Cindy Lauper in there as well. Yep. Uh, somebody else who I'd just, I'd maybe kind of give an honorable mention because you kind of like, we kind of agree on those. Dennis Rodman or Carl Malone in WCW, I thought was uh, 
at the time, you got to understand what was going on in the world and pop culture and sports with uh, Dennis Rodman being such a polarizing figure and him having the NBA Finals matchups against Karl Malone. I mean, Dennis Rodman leaving a finals practice to go to Nitro. That's fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's just, yeah. it's, 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 it's really cool. Um, Floyd Mayweather against Big Show might not have the quite impact, but it did get a lot of eyes. And I think anytime you can get like a main mainstream sports superstar, it's yeah. gonna, you know, they're gonna talk about Russell. This is before they talked about WWE on ESPN. They would then. And well, there's just, uh, go ahead. And uh, I was just saying, and uh, one that's underrated and maybe not looked at as much, but I think set this dude on a path that he's on now. But The Rock hosting Saturday Night Live. Yes. The Rock hosting uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, Kevin Green. Rest in peace, Kevin Green. But yeah, that was big. Uh, Mongo becoming an actual full-time wrestler. Uh, Jay Leno. I'm going a lot of WCW here. Jay Leno. Um, maybe one that I'm surprised you didn't mention, and you're going to be pissed off for not mentioning here, Barry. Andy Kaufman. You, you know, Andy Kaufman... <laughs> That got late, you know what I mean, with the movie. Right. Um, but at the time, like I said, he had called Vince Sr. And they wanted nothing to do with him. Right. Like, he wanted to do that in New York. And that was, like, no. And But that took place in Memphis, regional territory. And that didn't get out much. But, I mean, hell, it went on Letterman. And <laughs> and got, uh, you know, but that, of course, was after Lawler Powell drived him. But, um. Yeah, man, there's so, so many moments. And the wrestlers getting to go on uh, Arsenio and Regis and Kathy Lee. um, I think that helped out as well. Great question. All right, next up, with 2021 upon us, what figures would you like to see next year? Go ahead, Barry. Mm. Man, uh you know, I'd like an updated Rock and Roll Express. There you go. I was going to say Midnight's. This is, again, we're not thinking about contracts and Legends deals. This is strictly like fantasy booking. So go ahead. Yeah, I, th- I think updated Rock and Roll Express, they're st- hell, they're still relevant. They're out there. They're making towns when they're allowed. Um, man, and I was actually just thinking about this question. You know, I, uh, Ronnie Garvin. A you know a rugged Ronnie Garvin. I would like would to see nice. a uh, a Tony Schiavone, AEW figure, uh, Sting, AEW figure. Let's work on since we you know we got a uh, Mr. T in there. Let's figure out a way we can get a uh, maybe a Mike Tyson. I don't know how likely that. Is. I mean again, straight fantasy booking here. Um, Captain Lou Albano. I think would be pretty dope. You know we got Blassie. We've gotten Billy Graham. We've gotten some older, you know, that era. But yeah, there's, you know, go ahead. Uh, the the Grand Wizard. Okay. I don't. That's think, I don't fall, think he has a the, the younger generation is not going to have a clue. <laughs> you thought Don Morocco fell flat? Good yeah. lord. But we would be stoked. The, yeah, the, he had the the turban. He was that. He was with superstar uh, Billy Graham. Um, Hell, who was he with? I was trying to think, was he with Morocco for a minute? How about uh, Paul Heyman? You know, nice I, that, that's a good one. Yeah, for with the ECW hat and all that. I think that'd be cool. Or even a new age Paul Heyman. You know, we, I've, there's people in all that figure photography. I mean, ECW obviously would be would be dope. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, obviously with the figure photography and stuff, like with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and... Yeah, he has a stand with Cesaro, Curtis Axel, <laughs> to a lesser degree, but you know what I mean. Like, it, I think it would be, it would be dope. So the the Paul Heyman effect is very real. But good question by Cody Baker at Baker underscore O five, high player. Next from the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, they do good work over there too. I feel bad. We need to shout them out more. They do good work over there. Real knowledgeable people. They love it. You know what I mean? That's that's infectious. Um, who's your favorite from these choices? Mantar, T.L. Hopper, Man Mountain Rock, or The Goon? I'm going to go ahead and go The Goon. Uh, that is uh, Wild Bill Irwin. 
that's the that's the good that's who i was saying i was like i was like who is that but yeah wild bill Irwin. um mine of course is going to be tl hopper the the plumber gimmick but not for that reason because that was the dirty white boy in smoky mountain and you know he was managed by ron wright <laughs> anything to work ron wright into the show it's gonna run yeah. right elite no one's gonna have a clue who Ron Wright is. Please hey, look up Ron Wright. Yeah, that's Barry, that's why Barry might even be say. nice tonight. Barry might even be nice tonight and post a couple of Ron Wright videos. That's one of his favorite things to do. You can always hear him laughing in the background. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, next up from M A D E. That's M dot A dot D dot E at made underscore nine oh nine. That's the homie over there, Eagles fan. Sorry about your birds. Um, first time and last time you guys stayed in line to get someone's autograph. Doesn't matter. Ball player, wrestler, actor, musician. What did you get signed? Do you still have it? How long was the wait? What was the person and was the person a prick or friendly? Thanks for everything and happy new years. Uh, I'll go ahead and go. I want to say my first autograph that I waited in line for, and I believe I still have it at my dad's house, just assigned eight by 10 was, um, Ozzie Newsome. There was a time when a lot of the Browns players, I grew up in Eastern Ohio and they would go to a, a car dealership or like a mall in like New Philly, Dover, Tuscross County area. So Ozzie Newsome, I got a, uh, actually when I was a kid, I had a Frank Minifield jersey, number 31. Met Frank Minifield, got the signed 8x10 and he signed the jersey. I remember he told me I had good fashion sense or something like that, good taste or whatever. Uh, met Michael Dean Perry in uh, Monroe Mall in New Philadelphia. He was two hours late. He said he got lost in Canton, but a lot of people had left and it was just like low security, whatever. And me and my friend Corey Phillips stood beside Michael Dean Perry the entire time he was signing autographs. We thought we were kings that day. So that was that was really, really cool. Um, latest autograph I got signed. Also, I got a Mark McGuire in 98. This is random. Obviously not the first one, but the year Mark McGuire hit 70. He hit number 34 off Jarrett Wright in Cleveland. You guys can look it up. And he signed five autographs that day. And I brought a Cardinals hat. Even though I'm an Indians fan, I brought a Cardinals hat. Just a random, random, hoping i get it signed. He signed five autographs, and he walked out of the dugout for batting practice and signed my hat. I was a fifth one. He was a massive individual. And then he put on a batting practice play like I've never seen. The most recent autograph I've gotten was um, – I can't remember which one was first, so I'll go ahead and on everyone I met, by the way, was really cool. So um, Bernie Kozar and Tuttle Mall, uh, he was super cool. Actually, I was talking about this yesterday because Rachel was looking at the picture of it. You know, a lot of times you meet these guys, it's you know, you, you sign something, take the picture, and you're on your way. He was asking me how old I was, where I was, where I'm from. Uh, I told him where my parents lived. It was uh, where he's from. He thought that was great. I told him my, my dentist was actually a high school teammate of his. So I dropped the name there. He thought that was really cool. Told me a quick story about the dentist. It was funny, really personal. So Bernie Kozar was super cool. Probably one of the best ones I've ever gotten. Uh, then I met Ricky Steamboat at a Columbus Clippers game. Got the elite flashback signed with a paint pen. Shout out Jeff Toon for the help on the paint choice of paint pen and wait in line. Wasn't a super long line. It was free with a ticket to the game. And he was, he was a little more business. He was cool. So yeah, but Rick, I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't as personal. Bernie Kozar set the bar really high. But yeah, Ricky Steamboat. So go ahead, Barry. I made uh, a lot trying, there. My bad. You, you, hey, those are good stories, man. Uh, I don't know if I can top them because I was trying to think. I was uh, seven years old. And uh, my mom drove me to New Boston, Ohio, Walmart. This is 1990. Um, where none other than the junkyard dog was taking Polaroid photos, photo <laughs> ops for 10 bucks. And, you know, you, you get the picture, they fucking fan it out. It comes out. He signed it. I have that, that picture somewhere. I'll have to find it. Um, that was in like 1990. Um, and then the next year, or no, it was 92 because Ron Simmons was a WCW champ, uh, Grant Middle School Jim. 
I went. I was, I'm guessing, 9 or 10 at this time. And went and walked right through, which, of course, security was limited. Uh, Walked up right to Bobby Eaton, (laughs) who was sitting on the stairs watching the matches. And I was like, can I have your autograph? And he signed a, a little piece of paper, which I don't have anymore, and was like, psst, 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 like, get the fuck out of, you know, like, <laughs> not get the fuck out of here, but like, don't, he didn't want uh, me to basically alert people that he was there. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And which I, you know, I got the fuck on. I went, went on about my business. Um, was a Reds game, got Tommy Lasorda's autograph uh, for the Dodgers a couple weeks before he had a heart attack. Uh, was trying to get Raul Mondesi's. He was a fucking dick. Yes. Fucking dick. Uh, Chanho Park was on the mound that day. I think he put it down, too. I, I think he threw a, a nice game. And, man, I'm not one that's big to stand in line for... <laughs> for yeah. people um but yeah that's that might be it um i was i was gonna stand in line at uh all in for uh terry funk and i'd do it again yeah we had a lot of stuff lined up for all in <laughs> that but unfortunately didn't happen but no that's it worked out the way it was supposed to and um again no no regrets and <laughs> he's backtracked because we didn't go because my mom died it's okay it's fine <laughs> no i'm saying we, we started the podcast we, we did we got this out of it i mean and like i said i'm not i'm not one to hell we had we was at the bar with scorpio sky um Frankie Kazarian, all those guys, and I don't think either of us asked for an autograph. No, we just no, hung out. Wasn't, we just wasn't the place, and they were all super cool, and they just wanted to meet fans and, and yeah. Kick it. So I, it was like these guys were indie guys for a long time, and now they got a little bit of fame to them, and it was yeah, it was a, it was I think it was just a cool experience for them as it was for us. You know what I mean? It's a vibe yeah. we got. If I'd have known about Joey Ryan, then I'd have called him a dick, but whatever. Uh, next up, we have Ray from SoCal, aka Title Town. He's got two championship trophies at SoCal underscore Ray 27. Where do you see the wrestling? He has a two-part question. Okay. Where do you see the wrestling biz next year considering how 2020 has been and how it'll be moving forward? Well, that depends on when the world opens back up. You know, there's a lot of people still. I know, Barry, you probably lump yourself in there that are really having a hard time watching wrestling without fans. The, the, the The environment really adds to a lot of the viewers viewing pleasure for people. Um, but as far as the wrestling landscape, let's just go ahead and pretend we're getting fans back soon. Okay. I love what AEW is doing with Kenny Omega right now. Having him on impact, having him on triple a, you know, I feel like it opens the door up for a lot of these companies that aren't WWE to be working together, which is in their best interest. In my opinion, not really like an NWA situation, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think that you're going to see more guys jump to WWE because they're going to obviously, you know, in their history, they've proven that they're going to try to sign and accumulate as much talent as they can, if anything, just to keep it off other people's rosters. So anticipate that happening as well. And I think that eventually, I don't know if it's going to be 2021, you could see NXT move to Tuesday nights. What do you think? Do you think they moved to Tuesday nights because they're getting blown out of the water? I think, I don't know if it's blown out. I think this isn't a thing where like they're waving the white flag, in my opinion. It's just a thing that like, if you're the USA network and you're going to pop a better number on Tuesday than you are on Wednesday, regardless of the circumstances, you're going to do that. And I think that it benefits, I mean, I personally would love it because I would like to watch NXT on Tuesday and then Raw on Wednesday. I'd like to watch both shows live. You know, I don't love necessarily love the head-to-head. And then, of course, the tribalism and everything that goes on social media, which I feel like that we've all got kind of used to. But, yeah, I think that it would I think that it would benefit NXT a lot 
to have their own night. I, you know, I, I hope we get fans back. Uh, like Eric said, that just the atmosphere, the live atmosphere, like when Edge came back at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that would have been insane. Yeah. You know, those moments are lost right now. And the the wrestling that we grew up on, the the fans created that atmosphere. And yeah, you get the little the Zoom fan screen or whatever. That that's not the same. They're and, doing the best they can. They really yeah. the Thunderdome's not a terrible idea. I like the Thunderdome. Uh, AEW putting wrestlers at ringside, and of course they're in Florida, so a little more lax protocols down there, I'm guessing. But yeah, I, I I mean I think they're doing the best they can to just and kudos to every company that's just able to put a product on television right now. Yeah, but it's just not the same. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at is just the the people create special special moments, and you know I look forward to that again. And, and even watching on TV is not the same as when you go live, when you see right. the ring and you're like, ah, you know. And I said Ray had a two-part question. So next question, this one's centered around him. Your favorite sports moment, your favorite moment in sports to happen for Ray in 2020. Ready for all the love on that one. Obviously for me, it's uh, LeBron getting that fourth ring. I thought that was uh, – you know, as a, as a Cavs fan, as a LeBron fan, as someone that, you know, watched his career very closely because he's from Ohio, that was uh, really cool to see, that bubble experience. I thought bubble NBA was cool. I actually liked it. Just cause, I mean, just, probably just because where we were in the world at the time, that it was sports again. You know, so I, you know, and that was a rough situation down there. And I do think that's a legit championship that, you know, they – Pretty much every team that played down there was going to qualify for the playoffs, the ones that did, and they played a legit – I mean, other than home court advantage, which the Lakers would have had in spades, I believe. But, yeah, probably that one. Uh, the Dodgers won the championship. That was good for you. I never realized I was annoyed by the Dodgers fan base until now. He's a real egomaniac, isn't he? I mean, that – I mean, they're just – and now they're all upset because the Padres signed Blake Snell and you Darvish like, oh, you're not going to do this. You can't like, let's just do just not try two big acquisitions for that franchise. So no, shout out. I'm just teasing Ray. No, it was a good championship by them. I know the Dodgers fan base has been starved since 88, but for me, it was, it was the Lakers. Well, for me, uh, it was basically your inability to pull out and <laughs> having your, having your child the other day, brother. Congratulations, uh, Ray. Congratulations. That's that's your championship this year. So, congratulations. Next up, from the Ohio player Nick Haddix, at Nick Haddix 3. When you think of TV title in WCW, who's the first person that comes to mind and why? For me, it was Arn Anderson. Probably just because I'm an Arn Anderson fan. I'm a Mark. He had that belt. I'm actually looking at the reins right now, just because I was curious. And he's had pretty... Pretty Five long range with that times. thing. Yeah, six times. And that was always for like over 200 days. I see Tully Blanchard's name on there a lot. But for me, it's uh, it's Arn Anderson. Plus, I was that's when I was coming into like being a wrestling fan. And I'd watch WCW on TV sometimes. So, yeah, for me, it's Arn. Yeah, me too. Um, one of my actual favorite uh, TV title wins for him was against Muda on uh, – power hour or uh one of those but i'll i'll let this little bit of information out the nice crystal clear vhs version of that that's floating around that came from me i had the original recording put it out many years ago you're welcome oh the tape trailer community is just bowing down to you right now no they fucking sucked that right up and Put it out to whoever but yeah the original recording that hit the internet that was like crystal fucking clear that was all for me that's me i still have the tape the bhs tape to this day it's in the closet next up from tony barker at tony win wing dog 2072 what is your favorite live event you have ever attended and why um for me it's a little more recent actually it's, i went to all out 
saw their first ever AEW champion crowned. It was a monumental pay-per-view, historic pay-per-view for that company. And to say I was there was a, was really cool. I've only been to like one WWE pay-per-view. I think it was Fastlane 2018. I was so hammered drunk. Um, been to a ton of Raws. Never went to a Nitro. Been to a bunch of SmackDowns, live events, NXT house shows, Ring of Honor. But, you know, I, for me, I think it was all out. GCW was pretty dope, too, though. Yeah, for me, uh, head and shoulders is ECW Heat Wave 98. Um, I was a UGCW fan, uh, Taz fan. That was Taz having his rematch with Bigelow. Um, yeah, I was at ROH's debut in Dayton, Wrath of the Racket. Cornette was there. Uh, that's when I saw AJ Styles for the first time live. Um, and realized I was possibly two to three inches taller than him <laughs> behind yeah. the behind the fucking table, and I was like, "What is going on?" Um, yeah, I've been to Rawls. Um, I I think I went to one Nitro, and it was in Charleston. I'd have to look and remember that. Uh, but yeah, a ton of house shows and all that, like. Wrestling channel. I was there when LOD debuted in WWF, E, whatever. Um, but yeah, Travis ECW, Fowler was at ECW Heat Wave as well. Heat Wave 98. That's, that was uh, in Dayton, right? Yep. That was uh, head and shoulder Van Dam and Sabu against Taibusa and Shinsaki. Um, fuck uh, Hakushi for those uh, WWE fans. Uh, that was awesome. Um, who was it? Uh, Lance Storm and Candido, maybe, and Jerry Lynn and Justin Craig. I mean, it was a not. It was really, really good pay per view, like from top to bottom. Next up from Tyler at Oh No Tybo, the homie Ty. He has a two part question for us. Pro wrestling, Raw is pretty unbearable right now to watch. What would you guys change to fix that? Um, I don't always watch Raw, so I might not be the best person to ask. I will say that I love what they're doing with the Hurt Business, and I'm a person that loves factions. So maybe adding more factions, maybe, you know what I mean, getting more guys involved, that's how how you're able to do that. You know, you have guys that kind of pop off the screen that you didn't realize were going to pop off the screen and get guys on TV that wouldn't otherwise be on TV. Shout out Shelton Benjamin, should be on TV all the time. Um, The women's division, find a way to get Ronda Rousey back. Not that it, not the women's division is suffering, but I just thought she added so much to it. Uh, Have you been drinking tonight? No, no, no. I know. I knew you were gonna say something about that. My God. And um, man, I tell you what, I really think they missed Zelina Vega. She was the best female mouthpiece they had in the company, in my opinion. Somebody's gonna get mad about that. Start yelling at me about Sasha Banks or whatever, whatever. But for me, it's it was Zelina Vega. And her manager skills were awesome. So, and that goes back to the whole faction thing, which I'm so fond of. I grew up, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. There were factions. All right. Can you repeat his question? Pro wrestling. Raw is pretty unbearable right now to watch. What would you guys change to fix that? Mm. I, you know, one crowds, but you can't. Uh, so that, so that's kind of out of their hands. I think that just adds a, a whole new dimension to it. Um, man, you got to get some new talent, new faces. We can't have the same matches every fucking week. And then, oh, guess what? That's your pay-per-view match. Main event is the same match you see on Raw. Yeah, maybe throw an enhancement match in there from time to time. And and coming up, and, and well, and this is an ECW thing, I'll just say, their build-up to their whole pay-per-view was Taz and Sabu, okay? They never touched. They were in the ring. They were held apart. They, like, just crazy shit, but they never, like, full-on got together. Yeah, it's really hard to sell something that you've been given away for free. Yeah. 
And so to me, you know, you need and you need wrestling guys in your click. You you have writers that don't know wrestling. And listen, I'm not one of these guys that say, oh, I can do a better job. I mean, I can, but you just you have to have wrestling people in there. And that's just the fucking facts. Look at AEW. I mean, and this ain't a not, you know, they're trying everything. They're nothing is out of bounds right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, they're a startup. They don't have all the restrictions that WWE does. But, you know, Brody Lee coming in, Eddie Kingston coming in, working with T and like they're trying everything. Try, try more, more things. That's, I guess that's my answer is be open to everything. Like, don't just slam the door on these ideas that you're getting. Next, uh, next part of his question, he had a sports question. Dwayne Haskins got cut. Do you see any potential landing spot for him? I see lots of Cleveland fans want him to back up Baker, but that seems like the OSU mark and them talking, LOL. Uh, yeah, I don't want any part of Dwayne Haskins in Cleveland. So uh, that definitely is the Ohio State fandom speaking right there. Uh, I've been thinking about this, actually, and we talk about every week on the sports show about there's teams in the NFL that need quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. And da, 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 da. Um, man, and the one that – I keep coming back to two teams that – he, he cleared waivers today, so he's most likely going to be coming in on the vet minimum unless there's some sort of a bidding war between a couple teams. I think Pittsburgh makes sense. Just, I mean, in a flyer situation because that stable environment there. Obviously, we've heard about the environment in Washington, and he never had a coach really that wanted him there. Not that, that's not, and again, he had work ethic issues and commitment issues and just general maturity issues. I think that Pittsburgh feels strong enough about their culture and you know, they've kept guys who had those same issues in line for a lot of years. So there's a track record there. Also, um, San Francisco. I think they're a team that's going to be looking for a quarterback. And again, this guy was just a first round pick last year. I mean, I think a lot of teams are going to come kick the tires, new England, might come kick the tires. That's who I was going to say, putting with Belichick. There's a, I mean, there's an organization that's, that is very confident in their, uh, in their culture and their stability. And they think they can help the young man grow up. But I mean, that's my worst nightmare to see him go to Pittsburgh and flourish. <laughs> he ain't going, listen, if Dwayne Haskins is, uh, He's a bust. I hate to say it. Uh, it's looking that way. Yeah, and look, I hope he, you know, can get a few more years, a few more checks. I don't, you know, want to see nothing like that. Uh, he just, he ain't an NFL quarterback, man. I think and he's that's a, just. I think fact. he absolutely has the NFL quarterback talent. He's just got the ten cent head. You know, anytime you fucking risk COVID for strippers when your coach is a cancer survivor. That's that tells me all I need to know about your selfishness. So next up we have from Deontay. He had a really great question. It's going to be a long hunter read. So give me a, give me a second here. Over the years, I've noticed that the, that in MLB and NFL, that teams in the league move on from players a lot quicker than in the NBA. Example one, a wide receiver has a solid career four years straight that has a terrible year five. The team decides not to resign them and to get a one-year deal with another team only to be cut in training camp and never play in the NFL again. Example two, an MLB player gets called up from the minors around age 23. They proceed to have a productive two or three years and then get traded. They continue to be productive another two years. Never all-star level, but productive. After that, the team does not resign them, but they bounce around from team to team typically on a minor league deal so they retire around age 31 to 33. However, in the NBA... We see a lot of guys that are subpar compared to other talent league. However, they continue to get signed by teams and can play 12 to 15 years with ease. With the NBA having less roster spots than the MLB and the NFL, why is it that players who have shown some success don't get that some longevity in baseball and football? Okay, many parts to that question. I'm going to go ahead and go first, Barry. Go for it. 
the NFL, the NFL is not really a plug and play league. You know, there's um, there's schemes, there's language, there's so much that goes into preparation for a Sunday. Um, whether a guy fits in that system, you know, you have guys, teams are on RPOs, you have teams that are under center, you have teams that are straight shotgun, you have teams that are three wide, they spread it out, you have teams that pound the ball, you have every anything you can imagine, and it's going to continue to evolve. So a guy who's been in the league for two, three, four years, he has two, three, four years of mileage on his body. I feel like the NFL draft is held to a higher standard than any other sport. And also there's a financial aspect to it as well where it's, you know, why not get the 22-year-old kid that doesn't have the mileage that has the ability at half the price? So it's an economic situation there. Uh, with baseball, you have guys that I think there's only because there's so many levels to baseball. You know, there's the you know there's the triple A, there's a single A, double A, triple A, rookie league, whatever. That but there's some guys that get to the majors that are big time prospects that can't hit major league pitching. Or they just they can't compete. They're not. We see guys. Byron Byron Buxton was a number one overall draft pick and a huge prospect and has struggled since he got to major leagues. Now he's going to bounce around a little bit because of the talent that he has, his potential, which is going to lead me to the NBA. Now I have this theory with with quarterbacks in the NFL. You know Barry, why do we see the same guys getting recycled as backups and just over and over and over and over and over? The, the answer, I believe, is there's only so many guys in the world that can play quarterback in the NFL, hence why they keep getting recycled. Now, apply that theory to quarterbacks in the NFL to all of the NBA. There's only so many guys in the world that are 6'8", that have the coordination to run, jump, shoot, and stay in front of somebody. And if they're able to do that and not bring down the culture of the organization, they're going to have a job for a long time. You know, the, the, the NBA is the ultimate, like, do what you do and do it well league, right? You have guys that just shoot threes. You have guys that give you 15 minutes a game, just go after rebounds and give you five, six fouls. You have guys, point guards just bring the ball up and they're pass first. You know, they fall into a role. The NBA is a plug-and-play league, and it's ever-evolving with the changes of coaches and GMs. You know, the, the it's always changing. When Basically, everybody in the NBA just does what? They run a pick-and-roll. It's basically whatever that's what the NBA has devolved into these days. So to me, that's why uh, football, it's economics and career length and injuries impact it. For baseball, it's a guys I think reach their ceilings quicker. And basketball, they don't reach their ceilings quicker because a lot of these guys are coming in the league at 19, 20 years old. And there's only so many guys in the world that are six, eight and can fill a roster spot and do it adamantly and do what they're asked to do. That's, I mean, that's the short answer. I think maybe Barry, me and me have something to add to it or a different point of view. I do. Um, I'm going to go money, money here. And, and this is not, a, you know, I'm just comparing all three of the sports to one of why you would see that your longevity in football as a running backs, what five years? Yep. Baseball, you might have five or six year, like you said, five or Prime six years. years where you're on a roll. Okay. And then also, I'm, I'm just to add to what you're saying a little bit, the economics of baseball, it's where like team control and eligible for a contract, and the way they do their rosters, where instead of signing a right fielder to twenty million a year. We can probably platoon two guys over there with analytics. Analytics has such a big part of the game in baseball. We can play righty-lefty matchups with that right field position for 10, 10 million instead of paying you 20. And, um, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't no, mean to no, jump no, on no. your answer there. No, it's and that's and that's fine. That's where I, what I'm going is, but where basketball, you have your load management. Now that's a big thing now. Your load management, they're not playing as much. There's not as there's not as much contact as these other sports. And I'm it's the easiest of the three. And I'm not I'm not knocking. I love basketball. That's my shit. I know what you mean. It's the easiest of the three where right now, Carmelo Anthony. 
He is on the downside of his career, but guess what? Offensively, Carmelo Anthony can score on any human being on the planet. Yep. He can shoot. He can make a bucket on any human being you put on him. Now, at this age. And there's only so many stars. There's only so many guys that can sell tickets in all sports. I mean, in baseball, you have a handful. There's how many teams in baseball? 32? Yep. There's 32 football teams. How many basketball teams are there? 30. 30? And you only have a handful of stars, ticket sellers, okay? Right now, if Michael Jordan at 50-some years old came out and said, hey, I'm I'm going to play in the three-on-three league get, for five games. I, I guarantee you those five games are sold out. Yep. Any arena, you put it in. If Barry Bonds came out and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to play two games for the Giants, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you it's sold out. Because... To to us, our our guys, you know what I mean? But they can't play an actual game. You know what I'm saying? Like, basketball, you can play the whole game. You run up and down the floor. Carmelo can shoot the ball. LeBron can shoot. LeBron can still, at the highest level, compete. At his age, he's low management. I know that hurt. No, I'm I'm getting ready to stick it in, though. Uh, With the load management... Leeching off of Kyrie for a title, Dwayne Wade riding their coattails for so I don't long. Think he's LeBron, able. LeBron didn't do load management last year. He did. He, he fakes injuries, toenail, fucking hangnails. He's the he most does. durable player in he's the most durable player in NBA history. You are out. This so I wish Rachel was here so she could tell me how much who's wine more durable drank. Who's more durable than LeBron? Who's been playing? Who's playing at that level longer than LeBron James? Robert Parrish. Now at that level, Robert Parrish. He at played that from level. sixty-five to ninety-seven. The man won rings all in twenty fucking ten decades. He did not but, play in the six. But I'm I'm just saying that, uh, like in football. We can't see Barry Sanders do a comeback. You know what I mean? We can't see, you know, we can't see Lawrence Taylor, the greatest defensive player of all time. He can't play an actual game. He, they're broken down is what I'm saying. But Bonds can still hit a baseball. You know what I mean? But still in baseball, there's not the tickets. There's not guys you want to watch really anymore. Like they just don't market their players. That's a whole nother conversation. Right. That's they what market I'm saying. their players. That goes into marketing, the way they sell their product. Yes. To me, that's yeah, there are players. They just they're not as widely recognized as some of the other players in other sports. Right. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. That's why in basketball these guys get that because they can go to a team. You know what I mean? They can go to a marketing team. Carmelo made a name. He's a name. He can, there's still going to be people that want to see Carmelo when LeBron retires and, and I haven't got to see him play. Am I going to buy a ticket? No, but Eric will. Have if he came back. Been, uh, I'm um, just saying. We're That's moving on. Saying. Cause you're spewing yeah. nonsense. We're moving on. I'm talking fact. Um, from Josh Wallen all time. Who or what team has the best overall merch? Tees, jackets, figs, hats, shoes, whole body of work. His selection is Scott Hall. Between Scott Hall, Razor, NWO, Outsiders, Wolfpack, there's a wide variety to choose from. Mine's an easy choice. It's Ric Flair. Um, there's everything. I mean, we even got Dame Sevens. You're talking figures, merch. I got a Ric Flair hoodie, the robes. I, I mean, it never ends. So, I, to me, Ric, Ric Flair. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue. I thought he was talking sports, sports-wise, too, but... Um, yeah, Flair, I mean, Flair has a, a long line. 
Um, I like the Razor. Razor had some cool shit. Macho Man. Just NWO in general. NWO has a ton. Stone DX. Cold. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold sold, I don't know how many shirts. Uh, Eric Grand Wizard Hogan. He had ridiculous t-shirt sales. I mean, I mean, yeah. they had every, they were, they were making everything back in the eighties too. So yeah. But yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Ric Flair. Uh, Dobro wants to know what top five pieces, top five pieces in your collection. Uh, in no particular order. Uh, the Shawn Michaels defining moments. You got me. The, uh, macho man, WrestleMania seven defining moments. I got as a gift. I want to say from Drew Vensel. I have that all, I have that all stuff written down somewhere. Um, I have an NFS. I'm not, I'm not going on value here. I have an NFL huddles. Actually, uh, Rachel posted on Twitter yesterday. I've had since I was five years old. It's been in every room I've ever lived in, every house I've ever lived in since I was five. I still have it. It's in my office upstairs. You're talking about dorm rooms, one bedroom apartments, houses in Portsmouth. I had that thing with me the entire time. Um, I signed Ricky Steamboat Flashback Elite. Give me one more here. The Sammy, the Sammy Evans pain he got me from one of his friends. That's pretty iconic. And just outside the list, Tara got me the um, Slim Jim holder, Macho Man Slim Jim holder. So those pieces maybe tie for fifth, but yeah, that's that's mine. Uh, my Jordan, um, Lawrence Taylor, uh, autographed Hall of Fame football. Um, man, um, the my Cassius Clay, June tenth, nineteen sixty three, Sports Illustrated, first time he was ever on the cover. The most he's been on the cover more than anybody in history. Uh, Cash Clay Muhammad Ali. Um, my Dusty. My Dusty Rhodes figure. I'm going to say that. Um, uh, it's not like the most valuable piece. I think you got me that, I believe. Um, I, I just, I'm, I love Dusty. And uh, Bruiser Brody, classic superstars. And I think. Uh, Drew Vensel might have got me that. All right. Uh, and we're just going to pound out a few more of these really quick. Drew Vensel wants to know, if you can meet one athlete or wrestler and have them sign one piece of merch, what would it be and what would they sign? Who would it be and what would they sign? Uh, for me, it's it's LeBron, and I'll have him sign one of the um, like the Sports Illustrated cover when the Cavs won the championship. That was just – I was up there for my honeymoon well, – I'm not honeymoon – bachelor party when that happened. It was just first championship in – 64 years or whatever it was it was just a great great june 19th 2016 one of the greatest memories i'll ever have you were here yesterday that's a better memory than that um let me see uh jordan and hell he could sign anything yeah i mean i got something like my jordan fives upstairs would be amazing to have him sign yeah, I got a pair I mean, of red ones. I mean, any any pair of my shoes. I, yeah, I'm not I'm not tribal with the whole Jordan Lebron thing like some people are. Like I, you know, I grew up on Michael Jordan, and then I became a man in my 20s watching Lebron. So that's how I look at it. Travis Fowler, who would win in a triple threat death match? Pete Rose, Grand Wizard Hulk Hogan, or a potential piece of shit? And I believe that's probable piece of shit now. Velveteen Dream, uh, who would win? Nobody would win um actually society would lose a little bit and it would be a disappointing day if those guys got any attention so yeah i was gonna say hell if they all got together you know bad things happen to bad people <laughs> next up uh doe bro this is I'm, again just answer these really quick who currently in wrestling would you like to re- see Receive a world title shot who has not gotten one yet. I don't know about world title shot because I feel like there's a lot of people that have gotten world title shots like randomly on Raw and Dynamite and things like that. For me, I think the a direction I'd like to see WWE go is Biggie Langston. I think he's deserving. I think he's capable. I think that he would be a great representative of the company. I, from everything you read, he's a locker room leader. 
and that I think that he would handle himself very well and represent a publicly traded company very well. I I honestly don't even know who has and hasn't received a title shot nowadays because hell every it's just everybody gets title shot. So I don't know if in fucking Scranton, Pennsylvania, if Biggie's had title shot. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah, I honestly Dobro man, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't know. All right. Ryan Breaker wants to know best and worst thing about being a toy collector. I think the best thing for me is um, displaying them and seeing them and spending time in my toy room. It's very relaxing. It's kind of a safe space for me. It's just looking at them all and thinking about the memories, the legwork memories I have, which, you know, we talk about the thrill of the hunt all the time. So the legwork memories of getting them, the excitement. I'm, you know, I talk about finding flashback Ricky Steamboat on the pegs. Uh, people sent me various gifts, so that's been, you know, great memories for me. Uh, the worst thing is just not being able to find what you're looking for. Man, he's... Can I say, can, a, I, can, I, can, I, can I add a little spiciness to that, by the way, real quick? Go ahead. <laughs> I think the worst thing is um, seeing grown-ass adults fight on social media over action figures. It's very disappointing for... Like me, who I use uh, collecting as kind of an escape from the stresses of the world. Uh, I feel like those people add divisiveness and stresses to what should be a relaxing hobby. Now, see, that's kind of what I was thinking here. Breaker is trying to get me to, to just insult someone. And I'm not I'm not taking the bait, Mr. Breaker. I'm not going to do it. Um, the best thing, man, is... It's like Eric said, finding finding what you want, but also finding you know finding people that have the same interests as you that you never you never knew you never you never met, uh, and creating friendships out of that. I think that's that's a very cool part about you know this uh, community. And the worst part is I'm I'll just say entitlement. And t- motherfuckers, honest to God, think that if you're standing in a store, you should fucking call and text them and say, hey, do you need this? Do you want this? Sure, I'll stand here for fucking 30 minutes and wait for you to reply. And then, you know, of course, every time once you leave or something, oh, yeah, man, grab that. The second you get in the car. <laughs> and then and then uh, I'll pay you, you know. I'll pay you in a week, <laughs> you know, just, or yeah, I need that. But then they don't send over, you know, the money or whatever. And it's like, you're stuck with a fig. So I'm going to say entitlement. That's a really good answer. You're welcome. Um, a few more, we're going to get out of here from Candace Boylinger ties better half. How have you guys been handling the pandemic? What's your favorite go-to activity to distract yourself from what's going on in the world? What's one thing you've learned this year that'll help you take with you and implement in the rest of your life? Um, how I've been handling the pandemic? Well, working. Took a little time off of work for a little bit, spent some time with the family. Uh, adjusting, being flexible, um, doing everything I can to keep me and my family safe, being conscious of not everybody's as fortunate as I am to um, – not really have a loss of income and not struggle financially and being able to uh, basically live my normal life financially from the pandemic. Not We were lucky in that regard. So I feel very fortunate. What was my go-to activity to distract yourself from what's going on in the world? It was, I watched a lot of wrestling, a lot of sports, played some Madden. I'm not the best Madden player. So don't ask me to get on the sticks. It probably whip my ass, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And um, doing podcasts with Barry. I mean, honestly, it's just like those little distractions I think that we both needed and kind of added some normalcy to our life. So, and what else, one thing I've learned this year that I have taken with me and implement the rest of my life uh, to slow down. You know, one thing that the, the pandemic's forced me to do is stay home more. Um, it, it, it was always like leg work or there was always something to do, something to keep it moving. And I feel like that it was causing kind of life to go by very, very quickly. And 
I feel like I've learned to kind of stop and smell the roses and I'm listen, dude, I'm lucky. I, we own a nice home and a nice area with a beautiful, healthy daughter. Um, me and my wife love each other. We're very happy. I'm for somebody who didn't grow up all the time in the best situation. Now that I have that stability, I've learned to, uh, appreciate it. And I'm very thankful for my family and my friends and all the support that I have in my life that I've, I've learned how lucky I really am. All right. Uh, what's the first part? How have you guys been handling the pandemic? Uh, like Eric said, um, you know, working, trying to, you know, stay busy and stay safe is is what I've been doing. Uh, what's your go to activity to distract yourself? Uh, like Eric said, uh, this, um, our podcast, um, we've had a, a tremendous year. Uh, with this, uh, we've we've seen uh, growth that is, you know, uh, it's exciting uh, to me. Uh, we actually got to kind of focus solely on the, you know, on the podcast for a little while, and uh, that was fun. That's and it's always, you know, fun to to talk with Eric and to about you know what i mean like if i'm having a shitty day i'll be like man I'm having a shitty day blah blah and he'll you know i will watch some you know yeah so, something you know what i mean where and he'll hit me i'm having shitty blah blah and we just you know we got that kind of and i don't want to say crutch but built-in crutch with support each system. other yeah support so, with us and and that's uh and that's you know you can't you can't buy that with money so that's that's that second part. Uh, the one thing you've learned to help take with you and implement the rest of your life. Um, you know, and this is a and it's a crazy thing is, you know, we're sports guys, but and you you just you kind of take little shit for granted. And and I think Eric will probably agree with this. But when Kobe died, mm. you realized. Man. Like, I'm not going to be here forever. You know what I mean? And he was a girl dad. I'm a girl dad. Eric's a girl dad. Spend time. Slow down. You know, like Eric said, slow down. Enjoy. You're, I'm never too busy for my daughter is kind of how I looked at it after that. Like, even work, it's like, fuck that. I'm, you know, she wants me. That's where I'm going. You know what I mean? And, and just enjoy my family, my friends more and, and be happy with that. You know what I mean? And I, I didn't suffer a income loss or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm good. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm good. And in all regards, um, but my, you know, making sure that my daughter has me, my time, my attention. And I think Eric feels the same way. Absolutely. Next up from Sammy Evans at Sith Lord Sammy. Which shout out Sammy, thank you for the AEW Sting shirt he gifted me. I really really appreciate that. Uh, the better hammer. This just just answer it. Don't go into why. The better hammer. MC Hammer, Van Hammer, or actual hammer. I'm gonna go ahead and say MC Hammer. Yeah, me too. And shout out for the Harley Race shirt. That was fucking badass. Uh, for Eric. Which team in the AL Central do you hate the most, and why is it the Minnesota Twins? This is from PPW Podcast. I'm sure it's Steve, big White Sox fan over there. Uh, it's actually not the Minnesota Twins. It's the Detroit Tigers. I feel like that's uh, just the, the whole Cleveland-Detroit thing. That's kind of our big rival. Um, right behind that, though, is probably the White Sox. And the Twins, you know, yeah, they're a pain in the ass. I wouldn't say I hate them. And the Royals, is, I put the Royals and the Twins the same way. Pain in the ass. Don't say I hate them, though. But I do not like the Detroit Tigers at all, and I'm not very fond of the White Sox. All right, that's uh, that's it for the Q&A, Barry. That was you fun, man. I, I always enjoy that. It's always fun. I'm going to go ahead and do a couple shout-outs. We'll get out of here. Shout-out Jeff and Scott over at Fully Posable, the OGs of the game. Uh, Breaker and Bane Power Hour. I know Breaker has a new project, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Justin Summers over at Wrestling Cheers. 
Square Action Circle Wrestling Figure Podcast. Obviously, all the Ohio players, Dobro, Sammy Evans, Cleaner. I love all you guys, man. Thank you guys all so much for the support. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to take a, a second since this is our, our last wrestling show of the year uh, before we hit 2021. Uh, I, w- I just want to thank um, Breaker and Bane. Um, we say it all the time, man. Bane is... Uh, ridiculously talented um, and and I know and he says this shit but it, I'm not going to suck him off but I'm going to kiss the head you know what I mean uh, but, but uh, the dude has done so much for for us um, and he seems to be the only way you can get a hold of fucking Bill Benus uh, is Bane's like his fucking go between and and Breaker has been the same way. Uh, I think Eric's even the one that said he was trained by Harley Race, which to me gives me uh, makes me want to harass the shit out of him about Harley Race. But the only reason I don't is because I don't want to make him, you know, I don't want to have him have to type all that shit out. So I'll just harass him whenever we get a chance to meet up. But uh, there aren't too many guys uh, that I respect in this podcasting deal than those two guys they're humble awesome amazing guys and uh, we are the phpw tag team champions of the whole wide world craig and uh we look forward to defending those titles and uh thank you to basically everyone for for this year uh the podcast has grown so so much and i can't thank you guys enough for that it's it's amazing and uh you can follow me on twitter at bfrost 28 eric drop the credentials sir you can follow me on twitter at eric brown 740 but of course always follow the show on twitter and instagram at doing the favor go to doing the favor.com for all links to our podcast articles merch legwork section which is a buy sell trade so Shout out to Rachel for putting that together for us. Um, anywhere you get a podcast, you can find us. Thank you guys all so much for the support. We really appreciate it. And with that, I uh, hope you guys have a great new year. And good night. And God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two. Three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with DTF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live will be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah Doing the favor Doing the favor uh, Doing the favor Until next time, doing the favor.